0: Talking Tesla Talking Tesla Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator they put rings on Elon It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there Tom
1: Oh I'm sure there's some math So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal um, Landing a rocket... On a drone ship is key. Charger, charger, <laughs> charger. How <charger, laughs> no. am I
0: expected to drive a car without autopilot Safety. Charger,
1: charger, <laughs> charger. You know I'm not a good parker, yeah. Tom. I'll be in the first of a minute. Yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run
0: by super geeks. Six, all the other cars are gonna be stupid cars compared to this car. To Tesla. You don't know, yeah, even have to remember slow. that you've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't
1: call it a screw up. Do you like your Model X? God,
0: it's beautiful. <laughs>
1: It's Talking Tesla 153, and you know what's really amazing about this show? It's two shows after 151. Okay. Yes, it's true. And right before (laughs) 154. But Uh not only is this the regular show Uh for everybody
0: out there. Regular. I like how it's the regular show. It's a two-thirds show. It's a two-thirds show. That's because you might have noticed one Short-accented voice, <laughs> not currently part of the. You didn't hear the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls at the beginning. That's right. Bigger so, than uh-huh. Ben
1: Hur's buttocks. buttocks. Yeah, chocolatey
0: goodness. All the taglines and words that he likes to use ad nauseum. And by he, I mean one Melvin J. Herbert, <laughs> the third. <laughs> And his middle name doesn't even start with a J But no. it just felt like when you say Melvin You should make up all kinds of His name's yeah. not Melvin His no. middle name's not J right. So today's show, regular show As you like to say And for me, it might be a little bit of a bummer I know this show, and and the it's reason my is fault, my fault. You're generally it feels like whether or not you believe it or not, you're not super optimistic about some of this stuff.
1: It all has to do with my media pick, which comes at the end of the show. Yeah. So,
0: so is that what this is all about? Stay so if tuned. I could, if I could get you to watch, like uplifting. Or read uplifting books and television Then you might add, like, some more Pollyanna articles for us to talk about If only I would have gone and seen the premiere of Toy Story 4 last night But maybe it was like Toy Story 3, which was really quite scary Yeah In general, so I don't know I
1: don't know, Pixar, they're nothing like this book I'm reading
0: No No <laughs> We'll we'll get to (laughs) that. Because
1: that's fantasy and this is reality. But the good thing that Mm -hmm. is, and and I'm about to tweet this picture, is that I have a picture of our layout here on the table. We Mm -hmm. really spread out because we're two halves of the table (laughs) instead of (laughs) one third of the table. We're
0: not being being squished in by Dr. Herbert.
1: Uh, Is that I'm
0: sitting here next to this
1: incredibly sharp, like five inch... Pairing knife. You're
0: very excited about your knife. This knife is so amazing. Yeah, where'd you get that knife? I got this at the Japanese Knife mm-hmm. Imports on Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah. They don't make any knives in America. So let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about global supply chains and why the planet is sinking while you have your imported knife in your hand. Now, to be fair... I also have a Japanese knife in my pocket, so we may be-
1: They make good knives. Part of
0: the problem. It's part of the culture. They yeah. live the knives. I know, but we, we need to stop. This
1: week in Japanese knives with <laughs> Tom and Robert.
0: Have you all stopped listening? Cause we you could should actually, have.
1: We could take a trip to Seki City and record a few episodes. That would be kind of cool. Okay.
0: Yeah. Right now? Yeah, That seems also like probably not a great use of fossil fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we buy carbon offsets, does that matter? (gasps) If if you believe in carbon offsets, it does. Right. Do you believe in carbon offsets?
1: I'm having a hard time believing in them, but thinking that it's better than nothing. Okay. Because, you know, I was reading about the Brazilian president who has decided he's going to open up the Amazon for for, – You know, development and Uh building and more cities and evidently the carbon impact of that that uh, that policy Mm -hmm. over 10 years will essentially increase the carbon output uh, of the planet by one third, (laughs) one third, one third, third. increase 33 percent the carbon output of the planet or the inability of the planet to absorb the carbon.
0: So, yeah. Downer. Let's move <sighs> on. on. Let's <laughs> move on to it. Even this is so <laughs> depressing. What the hell is wrong with us? Seriously. Okay. There's so many amazing things happening in the world. That's true. Of Tesla, but the reason that it's so important and the reason that we've dedicated years of our lives to this changing of transportation, at least on a small yeah. scale, which is still on a very very small scale, is because of well all of the things that we've discussed ad nauseum. But the first thing that you would like to talk about...
1: Yes, how the United States spends 10 times more on fossil fuel subsidies
0: than on education. This is a Forbes.com article...
1: Yes. It's a, sort of a editorial piece, but it's got factoids in it.
0: Oh, factoids. Yeah. <laughs> Are those... What's a factoid specifically? Well, a factoid
1: is, as you were pointing out before we started recording, information that makes good sense. Uh-huh. It's based on sound logic, mm-hmm. but it isn't actually hard data. Right. It's more like estimations and expectations. And if we continue to do X, this should be the result. Right. And and unfortunately, on one hand, I think that this is really valid. This we're basically talking around a new international monetary fund study that shows five point two trillion dollars was spent globally in twenty seventeen on fossil fuel subsidies, and so it, the 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 study makes sound sense, but it isn't the hard science where somebody's sitting down and saying, "Well, here's the spreadsheet, like a Tesla earnings statement uh-huh. that says you spent this much money on equipment and this much money on employees and salaries, and and then this is your bottom line, your your uh, your income." This is more fuzzy math, but at the same time, we shouldn't let the fact that this is fuzzy math not allow it to have the 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 spotlight so that
0: we take you know heed and change what we do well yes so they talk about five the problem is they say 5.2 trillion dollars spent globally on fossil fuel subsidies Which makes everybody think like these Countries are physically taking money Out of their coffers, giving it To the fossil fuel companies True. To dig up oil, which really What it is, is it's talking about The costs of the pollution The cost of all the other things The cost of climate change, health care All of those other things on society That's not being accounted For in the costs of using Fossil fuels. Right, so
1: like How much we're spending on <laughs> asthma treatment for kids who live near highways who are breathing particles from diesel right. trucks and we talked about that last mm-hmm. show if oh yeah if you're not a patreon by the way you <laughs> missed that you should go to patreon some of our best work really look up talking tesla and then you'll get twice as many episodes just throw down a few twice bucks as many three bucks five bucks a month it's so worth it twice as much robert tom and mel Yeah.
0: All at the same time. Actually, they
1: get a lot more Robert and Tom if they do that, because otherwise
0: they listen to those free episodes of melt (laughs) during the
1: week and they get get up. That's that's
0: really true. Right. So, again, this is this also is talking about taxes sort of not collected. Right. By the world, by the globe, by global governments. Right. To pay for all of the problems that the use of fossil fuel has. So, again, take it with a grain of salt, but Robert's going to dive deep into the report.
1: Well, a little deeper. We don't have that much time to spend on it because I'm going to grab the knife and I'm going to go at myself. <laughs> don't but do they that. They said that if we started in 2015, mm-hmm. basically following the Paris Climate Accord, which was an agreement that I'm sure everyone listening is aware of, we would have decreased global carbon emissions by 28%. That's a huge amount. That's a lot. That's a lot. We would have decreased fossil fuel air pollution deaths by 46 percent. Also big number. Amazing number. And that government government revenue would have increased 3.8 percent of GDP, global GDP.
0: And that's the tax dollars, right? That's the increased tax dollars that the government could have then spent on all of this health care, could have spent on working towards more programs to reduce carbon emissions. It's a big number. In fact, you know,
1: if, if a country, you know, GDP ranges from negative a few percents to maybe a positive 5 percent, I mean, like that's a huge amount, 3.8 percent. Oh, big time. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the study talks about transfers of government money to fossil fuel companies and the indirect costs, like you were saying, of health care and climate change adaptation. So if you think yeah. about, you know, huge hurricanes that sweep through the Gulf states, causing the insurance companies to pay out fortunes, FEMA to pay out fortunes, the state governments to rebuild highways and seawalls, and all of that is what's included in this. And sure, you can... There are some out there who will argue that that you can't make that direct comparison, that climate change is not responsible for these things. But the unbelievably over
0: overwhelming evidence is that right. it is. If you no were making question, that argument, you would be incorrect. That's yeah.
1: <laughs> that's correct. And why you're listening to this show, I have no idea. They talk about the three countries who make up the bulk of these uh I don't know what you would call, subsidies of in sorts. air
0: quotes. Let's call them air quote subsidies,
1: yeah. I guess. So the United States is $649 billion a year. China was $1.4 trillion. They have the hugest uh, contribution to this mess. And then Russia comes in third at $551 billion, not far behind the United States. Yeah. If you look at the $649 billion that the U.S. spent, it's more than our defense budget, and it's 10 times more than the federal spending for education.
0: Right. And again, when you talk about spending, it's not dollars spent. It's dollars sort of spent on other things because of the things. Like It's basically like you buy anything, right, uh, any item, and and you don't. Necessarily pay for all of the cost of that Like so if you buy a tire in California for instance right You pay ahead of time for the disposal fee For the recycling fee for all the other things Because they're they're factoring that into the That's part of the cost of that tire Yes, You're not doing that when you buy fossil fuels And that's sort of what we're talking about It's like that that money is not being recuperated You're not paying a sort of uh, pollution fee for every gallon of gas you put in your car and 44 percent of these air quote
1: subsidies <laughs> are for coal yeah And if you think about it, the money spent... So there's a specific disease that coal miners get. It's called uh, black lung disease. Mm -hmm. And it's from inhaling these little tiny particles that are afloat about in the air while you're down in an enclosed mine space, jackhammering and crushing and breaking up the coal to send it up to the surface. So this black lung disease is really bad. I mean, it really messes up your lungs. It causes you to be not able to work. So you get you know, payment subsidies for not being able to work. You have a lot of medical expenses. Is any of that part of the cost of coal?
0: Absolutely not. There's an
1: entire law in the federal government around black lung disease. I mean, it's like a big deal. And how can we be ignoring this stuff? It's crazy. So I thought that uh, in this report, based on its conclusions, Christine Lagarde, who's the, the leader of the International Monetary Fund, said that uh, investments made into fossil fuels could be better spent elsewhere and could have far-reaching positive impacts. And in quotes, there would be more public spending available to build hospitals, to build roads, to build schools, and to support education and health for the people. We believe that removing fossil fuel subsidies is the right way to go. And so I thought, you know, I hope somebody pays attention to this. I wish they could write it. You know, the the report itself, more like the screenplay to Game of Thrones. Yeah. So millions and millions <laughs> of people would tune in to watch right. the details. But, you know, it's hard to get that kind of uh, enthusiasm over something that is so—you um, you feel kind of powerless. And, right. But it yeah. is—
0: and it is unfortunate that we've pushed this can down the road so long, right, from the 80s. We knew about all of this from the 70s. We knew about all of this potential problems for fossil fuels. And we didn't earlier make start to make that big switch. Eventually, mm-hmm. we're going to make this switch to mostly renewables and do all that other stuff. But the sad thing is now all the world economies – and they always have been, are, and why it hasn't changed before then, are wrapped in these fossil fuels, right? They are the driver yeah. of whatever we have right now, right? Yeah. Like all of the materials that you see around you, you look around any average room and you see thousands of items, thousands of little items. Every one of those things has little, is made up of other little items. True. They all have to get somewhere. They have to be made somehow. It takes energy to do that. And now we're at a point where we're trying to figure out we have much higher needs globally than we did 70, 80 years ago. This sort of feels like uh, I'm guilty. I'm powerless.
1: I feel like I'm in AA. I don't know about <laughs> tenants of AA that well, but basically I am powerless to change. I am addicted to the free energy and all of the products that come made uh, with yeah. plastic in them. In fact, I bought a new light from my kitchen, I uh-huh. you know, a string of floodlights, and one of them blew out the other day it was very dramatic Mm -hmm. and i was like oh okay well i got to get the ladder and then i've got to get the bulb and then i got to go buy a replacement bulb and i went and bought an led replacement bulb not Mm -hmm. halogen so it goes from 75 watts down to eight Mm -hmm.
0: yay good Good for the planet Mm -hmm.
1: and then i look at the bulb the entire bulb is plastic yeah there isn't a stitch of glass in it yeah plastic with led so i'm like I'm addicted to plastic. I have no other choice. What Mm -hmm. am I going to get? I'd say, oh, no,
0: make it out of a a tin or recycled baby poopy diapers. I don't know. And that's why it's important because it's big. Like, we all have to, as consumers, as humans, we, we have to demand this stuff. We have to think about it. We have to raise our consciousness so the companies that can actually do something about it, the governmental level changes that have to happen, that's where they have to happen. That's where the big changes have to happen. That's what the Paris Climate Accord was about. But... Are you saying vote? I mean, that's one way to do it, for sure. If you can, you should vote. Well, there was a little uptick at the end of this article. Okay. Uh, The
1: International Renewable Energy Agency. IRENA. IRENA. I'm not going to say any jokes there. They released a study as well, and they looked at the renewable energy industry. Over the same time period, the cost of offshore wind power generation has dropped 23%.
0: Right. So we're making some progress.
1: And since 2010, solar electricity saw a decrease of 73%. Yeah. Fire sale. Mm -hmm. So the... Ha ha. Another thing in the book I'm reading, planet on fire, fire sale, sale. yeah, exactly. (laughs) Economics are on the side of renewables to turn things around more Mm -hmm. quickly, but we need to we need to turn this around now. I can't tell you how much urgency I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. and we need to eliminate as many of these subsidies as we can to get the planet transitioning much sooner to uh, carbon neutral. Or carbon negative
0: status. It's just those, it's just that economic growth cost, right? It's not, that's the problem is like you can't, you have to eliminate them by replacing them. Right. That's, that's really the key. It's not that you have to, I mean, maybe you have to add like $4 per gallon to the cost of gasoline, but nobody's right. going to be very happy about that. That's going to be, you're going to get their
1: yellow vests out and well, they're going to start,
0: yeah, it's gonna be a massive, massive cost to inflation and all kinds of other things and it's to people's quality of life, which they're not, not really willing GDP. to deal with. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so it's not an easy solution and we and know that the problem is
1: that when well, you can make all of the solar energy you want, but it ain't gonna yeah. be there when the lights when the when the lights need to come on, and so we need batteries. Yeah. Or we need some kind of storage devices and mm-hmm. and so uh, should All right. We, should we go to Reno?
0: Oh, please. Let's go to Reno because, again, it's such—it's much more positive in general. It's not. Go, Robert. Well, we'll go to Reno, but I, I know you
1: thought I was going to take you to Reno because it's near Sparks and the Gigafactory, but yeah. I'm not. No. I'm not going to take you to Reno there. I'm going to take you to Reno because it's in the middle of
0: hot Nevada. So these are the sort of results of the of the last thing we talked about, this is what's happening. This is because of boots on the ground, right?
1: Yeah. So there's a study that was just put out in the International Journal Environment of Environmental Science and Technology by the Nevada-based Desert Research Institute, and they looked at the relationship between extreme heat and heat-related deaths in Las Vegas. Whew. Well, it turns out from 2007 to 2016, the the deaths in Las Vegas increased with the frequency and intensity of heat waves, which, duh, but, you know, you can... Think that makes sense. On the other hand, to actually see the numbers is kind of so is more than sobering. So they looked at that heat waves in June, July, and August during that time period, and they found that the greatest number of deaths and the highest rates of extreme heat were correlating. And it was even worse in the latter half of the study year, so more recently, which is kind of going along with everything that's being seen in the climate and in disruption, is that it's only getting worse. And at a faster pace. Oh, goody. I know. <laughs> it said that uh, in, they also compared their 10 years of heat data to the previous 40 years and showed that the climate in Vegas is getting even hotter.
0: Which it, which Vegas really could have used. Like Vegas could have really used it to be much, much hotter. I remember going to Vegas as a child and it was so cool there. It was just very comfortable to walk. Oh, wait. No. No. It's, never. It's horrible.
1: Yeah. They're talking about it being an increasing public health risk. Mm -hmm. All these are details that I'm sure you as listeners are aware of. Mm -hmm. It's just that this sort of thing doesn't get front page uh, attention except on Talking Tesla because it's really important. And what I learned more about was this heat island effect, which happens more in cities. So imagine this. It's going to be a hot day. Uh, if you go out and measure the temperature out in the fields around the city or wherever, in the meadows around the city, whatever. Fields
0: and meadows around the city. And then you
1: measure... A lot measure, of around here, buddy? Measure the heat. <laughs> <laughs> measure the heat in the city. Uh-huh. It turns out during the daytime, yeah. the city is just... Maybe slightly cooler. Mm. Why is this? Well, it turns out all of the concrete that we pour into our cities, mm-hmm. all of this is able to absorb heat, mm. so the city doesn't heat up quite as quickly as the surroundings. But then, towards the end of the day, all that stuff, that uh, concrete and steel and buildings and roadways, have absorbed so much heat mm-hmm. and they can't give it off, so now nighttime comes, and the city is way hotter. Than the area around it, and this you, you the, this, meadows, and the meadows, meadows the, <laughs> the meadows, around. and the fields around the fields around the city. That's right. Yeah. Well, our, okay. our, our, our I guess our surroundings are desert. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it actually happens as much here, but it, it's definitely a, de- a demonstrable yeah. event. And uh, it also is much worse in cities on windless days. Yeah. When the wind doesn't help to pull some of that heat away from the the stuff. That we put there that serves as a heat sink.
0: And I feel like the reason you added this is because there's a piece of data in here that says people age 50 and older <clears> <coughs> <coughs> uh, make up 76% of these heat related deaths. So, me and you, we should really consider staying out of Las Vegas in a big way. It's a, a yeah. ton of trouble for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a lot of reasons, mostly yeah. free alcohol. That's another reason we should stay out of Las well, Vegas. Well, they
1: say that the 20 to 49 year olds who make made up 23% of heat-related deaths, Mm -hmm. were more frequently intoxicated with drugs and alcohol when they died. So Just hammered in the desert. Las Vegas, (laughs) Palm Springs, with heat-related deaths, alcohol and partying and all of that.
0: Yeah, it's not funny, but it's another reason that we all have to try to figure out how to make this happen quicker. And it has to be on the big, big levels, the governmental levels. We need... So desperately, a new president of the United States.
1: Can I just say one last quote? Please. Immediate and drastic emissions cuts are key to preventing large increases in heat related deaths in the country. Yeah, we need some big changes. We need changes.
0: Oh, well, let's talk about something a little more upbeat. Finally, this like is. Play. Let's, let's talk about play. Let's talk about the use of resources. Just kidding. So, Elon and Todd Howard <laughs> at E3 were talking about video games and announced the release of new video games for the Tesla OS, which stands for operating system. Yeah, it's cool.
1: Let's distract ourselves from the reality of the world. (laughs) I was just talking to somebody uh, last night how uh, I bought a Tesla because I couldn't bear to continue to drive as many miles as I do and pollute. And I wanted to drive all electric and you as well, and Mel as well. Mm -hmm. And so, so many of us in that um, heat risk group of over 50 (laughs) (laughs) have bought
0: our Teslas for these reasons. We're trying, man, but it needs to be bigger. But
1: in the people who are maybe 20 and 25 or 30 years Uh old, who are looking to stretch to buy a car, they're going to do
0: it because they can play video games while they're sitting in their (laughs) car. Getting them charged. There's a lot of good reasons. Again, these are just interesting things that get people excited. You have to figure out a hundred ways, right, to make this transition. Right, you have to figure out a hundred ways to reach all the different types of people. Right, there are some right, people who are right. very obsessed with with gaps in panels, and there are other people who just want to have fun in their cars. There are other people who affordability is a big issue, and you have to be able to hit the luxury segment, the cheap segment, the right. fun segment, all of the segments. Safety. If you really want to change, yeah. if you imagine all of the myriad of reasons people buy vehicles,
1: yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking there's like so, it's like whack a mole. Uh-huh. There are so many mm-hmm. places you need to cover. And this is one I would literally never have gone towards. No
0: car company, I can't think of another car company that puts video games in their vehicles. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Elon but- said, we want to
1: do everything to make Teslas as fun as possible. And he said, we want to do
0: what other cars can't. With all of the things that Tesla is struggling with. One thing that they are not struggling with yeah. is making fun ass cars cuz these cars are fun, right? They're <laughs> fun to true. talk about. Even it, when they even their foibles are fun to talk about when we talk about the the falcon wing doors on the Model X. Falcon. They're super fun. It's true. When they do that game that right. they the do all performance. of that stuff. Right. Exactly. It's super fun. It gets you talking about, it gets you excited about the thing it brings the the thought of electric vehicles much more forward. And again, Tesla has done that in spades. So let's talk about video So we video got games.
1: Fallout Shelter, yes. which is a game I've never actually heard of.
0: Yeah, that's but, because we're in the 50
1: uh right. demographic. Yeah. So this guy Todd Howard is like the director, the the director, executive producer at Bethesda Game Studios. Shout and out. They created, yeah, woo woo. They created this this uh Fallout Shelter and the Elder Scrolls series of which there's like five or six versions yeah. or
0: parts. People love the Elder Scrolls.
1: I mean I I guess I should maybe do a little game time instead of prepping for all the talking tesla episodes what as do you guys think you, out there
0: as long as you buy like a used game system that somebody's yeah. already had like don't buy a new one don't, yeah don't have it shipped over here just maybe why do we do this
1: no. why don't we have a listener recommend okay us get for the studio uh-huh. some kind of a game console and game and we've got that big big screen out there in the living room yeah and we could just you know get into this but for the moment mm-hmm. i might try to play this beach buggy racing 2 yeah in my tesla when i'm at the supercharger next time you get to use the steering wheel yeah you get to use the brake mm-hmm. but you can't use the accelerator same as pole e- position elon said not a good idea to have <laughs> people jamming on the accelerator while at the supercharger no and they actually showed a video tesla put out a uh, twitter video of someone playing the game and they're sitting in there in their car torquing the wheel to drive the beach buggy around on the screen Mm -hmm. and then they pulled back and the car is there and the wheels of the car are turning yeah and i thought oh yeah that's gonna mess my tires
0: up I (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point yeah yeah oops yeah i think it's fine i
1: don't know if that was just their production they didn't quite think about the production and they didn't actually have the game going or whatever they mm. said you could do it while you're supercharging but they were just sitting out in a parking lot no supercharger mm-hmm. it was kind of an odd disconnect but maybe they yeah. don't realize that us tesla uh, enthusiasts pay attention to many details
0: enthusiasts
1: yeah so he did mention elon the man a few other tidbits at this E three event when he sat up on stage, he talked about something near and dear to our heart, pickup. Yeah, Tesla pickup. Mm-hmm. He said it looks like it should not be on the road. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> he said I would buy it. Yeah, which is not necessarily an endorsement. He doesn't for a have pickup to. truck. <laughs> he doesn't have to buy one. They're going to give him one. I've been talking pickup trucks with the guys at work, uh-huh. and they're like, I don't like the Rivian. I was like, Why? It's a great thing. Said, it's not a truck. What is it? I want a truck. I want a truck I can throw sandbags in, and I want a truck that I can drive out and you know work on the horses or go to a construction. And why I'm do like, they
0: think they can't do that? Because it's too bougie. Was it's bougie too f- expensive? Bougie is like
1: fancy, but it's not. It's pretentious. What are they basing with this the information beautiful on? Beautiful leather interior and all of these screens. I want the screens, yeah. but the dudes with a pickup trunk, Some of them they worship these old uh, Ford pickup trucks that cool. have like it's like a round speedometer mm-hmm. that's clamped to the <laughs> to the steering shaft, and that's it. Uh-huh. They have like an AM radio. That's yeah. But these guys, so
0: that's a small segment of the market as well. You I feel so? like the Rivian thing is the small segment of the adventure market, which is small right. but not in. Consequential, obviously And then there's the people who like the old vintage trucks There's a lot of different uses for trucks But if you're talking about again making the big changes what are the big needs in the world it's the the day-to-day workman who buys the F150 right. buys 1000 F150s for their fleet and yes. they send out their trucks you know all the big companies that do whatever it is that they do and there's a it's ton of them the biggest Every selling construction vehicle work, in the United or, States right so you got to have them you know you got to have them reliable like the Toyotas you got to have them strong like the F150s right. and you have to have them as widely loved You know, just in general As you possibly can To make the big changes Now, there's a lot of arguments out there In terms of the Tesla pickup truck You know, maybe it's okay for Tesla To make this proof of concept Like, And it's really just about what Can a pickup truck do? Even though it's going to look weird, it's going to be a small niche part of the market. But maybe that's all Tesla can deal with in the short term, right? So their first iteration of the pickup truck, they may not. They're still battery constrained because they're trying to put the Y, the three, the S, the X, the semi, and they're still really only working on one battery factory at the moment, right? We need more batteries. So that's that's their their limitation. So maybe you know if you take that big five hundred foot step back and and look at all of it, maybe that's okay. Maybe Tesla will be like, look, a truck can be this, and Rivian can prove a truck can be that. And both of those things, while very different, are both electric. Both are helping to advance the future of sustainable transportation. Sort of like the difference between the Model X and the Model 3. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Model X, the Fabergé egg of cars, and the Model 3, the sort of workaday uh, aspect, although there's still people, even in the in the the fact that the Model Three has some thirty six thousand dollar versions of it, that still think it's just uh, it's yeah, too there's much. Four of them. Yeah, yeah. There's four of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well,
1: one thing's for certain. I know that Elon will get Mel to buy a pickup
0: truck. Because Mel's totally stoked about it. But this is the problem, though, right? Like, he doesn't need one. I know. He does not need a pickup truck. Nor will most of the people who probably buy the Tesla pickup truck. I don't don't know that that's true. I have known Mel for more than a decade, and the dude doesn't need a pickup truck. I mean, that's just the end of the, like, so don't... I would love for him to get one and then all of a sudden be like this ranch hand or something out there. But... I have a prediction. Okay.
1: As soon as Mel gets his pickup truck... Mm-hmm. Within 10 days, he's going to be wearing a Stetson hat because <laughs> he's into the hats.
0: Yeah, I'd rather have the pickup trucks on the Tesla network. Yeah. So you could would use that them be as sweet? needed, right? So, if, like, if oh, you're moving yes. or you just yeah. need to get something, pick something up, yes. you have one show up, do your thing, and move along. And that way, more people are exposed to it. That's a great than, idea. Than would be otherwise. And I'm Hello? sure they'll do stuff like that.
1: Elon, Elon, Uh, I know you're not listening, but there's a bunch of people who work for you who listen. (laughs) And I want them to get you a message. Put the Tesla pickup on the network. And they were actually talking about, we'll talk about this in the earnings call, about starting a pre-robo-taxi Tesla network for lending out your car.
0: And speaking of the earnings call, let's get to the meat of the matter. Now that we've brought everybody down and we've sort of... Uh, you know, shown the reason why just all of this is important. We just tried to over <laughs> with a few games like Beach Buggy Right, right, right. Too. Well, we've talked about why this is important. Let's talk about how Tesla is doing on this path.
1: Yeah, well, so the Tesla shareholder meeting, it, it dropped two days after we recorded our last show. So we're a little late to the, to the game on the, or to the dance yeah, on this one. But still, I took eight pages of notes. Oof. Oof. And I also went to Clean Technia. and they had a nice uh, time-stamped summary of the shareholders' meeting. Cool. Uh, Basically, it was Elon. Uh, Robin Denholm, who's the new Tesla chair of the board, gave a quick intro, thanked uh, investors for their intestinal fortitude. Yeah. Yeah, because the Tesla stock, since the last shareholders' meeting,
0: is down like 30%. Hey, Google, what's Tesla's current stock price? As of 7:56 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time yesterday, Tesla is trading at $221.50 a share on Nasdaq after hours, down 0.16 percent from closing. Yeah, so still not you know not where it was at the top. It was but one
1: in the one seventies, one eighties. Yeah, not very long ago. But you know, I know
0: it's good. Uh, you know, it's all right. Let's not focus too much on
1: that. So then the general counsel, Jonathan Chang, uh, he did the official vote. Uh, There was a fellow who was there at the last year's meeting who has a very thick Chinese accent, who presented two uh, shareholder proposals, both of which failed. One of them was to adopt uh, amendments to eliminate applicable supermajority voting requirements. And another one was about reducing director term length from three to two years. Honestly... I had such I I spent spent—I have spent, like, three months in China communicating with people, trying to understand broken English. I think I'm pretty good at it. I could not understand what this dude was saying.
0: He was very nervous. And
1: it was the same dude as last year where everybody—and you look—if you look down into the crowd, people were screwing up their faces. And I thought, man, you are probably a really smart guy, a really successful guy. Hire someone, please to speak
0: i mean i think you know whatever that that to me is not a big deal i think yes uh everybody knew what it was because he had proposed that it was in writing as well um yeah that that part of it doesn't really bother me change the vote
1: at that point because
0: the big investors with
1: many thousands of shares have all voted yeah but i just thought you know style points
0: besides it's it's really just elon who's makes the decisions because he's got most of the votes. <laughs> yeah. And
1: in fact, everybody demurred to Elon. Yeah. And that was very obvious. Yeah. He said that they delivered 245,000 vehicles last year, mm-hmm. a gigawatt of batteries were deployed, um, that M Model 3 is outselling all the competitors by revenue. Right. Model 3 outsold all these competitors combined the Mercedes E Class, the BMW 3 Series, the Audi A4 and S4, and Lexus. All of those combined. Model 3 outsold them. Which is great. He says the sales have st- are still far exceeding production, which I I think is great. Although I hear lots of stories about people getting their cars right away, but I live in the blessed California where most of the Teslas exist, so maybe I'm just skewed. He said we have That's a, for sure. We have a decent shot at a record quarter on on every level. So that means second quarter, which ends in 2 weeks? Yeah. No, 1 week. Mm-hmm. A little over a week. When you hear this show, it'll be a week. It's going to be uh, potentially a record quarter, which I think is great. We saw what the stock price
0: was, and it'll likely go
1: up. He said 90% of their orders are not from reservation
0: holders. I would be very curious to know what that number currently is, right? Are there still original reservation holders that haven't purchased, right? Do you still have your Model 3 reservation, <laughs> just out of curiosity? <laughs> yes. Two? One. One. And I believe Mel likely still has his original right. other Model 3 reservation as well. I should so just I-
1: dump it and buy whatever, like 10 shares of stock.
0: Yeah. It's stupid. It's only a grand. Couldn't buy I 10. thought it was two grand. I think the original. Oh, yeah. Maybe was it was a, a thousand. grand. So
1: maybe I'll get like 3.5 shares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I for should it. just do that. Yeah. He said 63% of trade ins are from non-premium cars. We've talked right. about this ad nauseum, and that's mm-hmm. a really great phenomenon. Everybody is pushing themselves to buy an electric vehicle. Thank you to every one of you yeah. who did that.
0: And I wonder what Tesla's doing with those cars. Are they just instantly throwing them out in auction and getting rid of them, wholesaling them, I'm and sure calling it done? Yeah. They're
1: doing the typical car market thing. They've I got, wish they were crushing them. Yeah, well, that would be... Not cost-effective. That cost would be really expensive. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, Tesla has to. You know, they're not they're not making yeah. money. They would is, never do that, even if it they, is, they were making money. They're not making enough batteries. Right. But yeah,
0: they would never be making enough money.
1: He's uh, Elon said, and I thought this was an interesting uh, reiteration of the same sort of pseudo fallacy: mm-hmm. is that uh, the operating costs of an EV compared to a vehicle uh, that is an ICE car, like a Camry or an Accord, uh-huh. is is equivalent or much better when you get a Tesla.
0: So are we talking about the base Model 3 here? Like which Model 3 is he is he referring to? Yeah, he must to? be he talking must about
1: be. the fabled right. lowest level Model 3 right. coming up dollar for dollar, less expensive than an Accord or a Camry. I mean, in theory, yes. But at the same time, all those people who are making the stretch to buy an electric car are throwing on The plus, they're throwing on the nicer wheels. They're throwing on bits and pieces, including autopilot, that in truth makes the car a lot more expensive. But I was thinking about this: if I had an Accord, I used to drive an Accord Mm -hmm. for many, many years, Um, and I bought a Model Three. Even if I bought the stripped-down Model Three, I would be getting a safer car. Yes, I would be getting a more cool car. Not like I'm look. I want to be bougie and look cool to the people out there, uh-huh. but I'd be getting a more cool car because it's a more exciting and interesting car to drive. It's certainly faster. Yeah. It certainly handles better than the Accord. Yeah. And it's it's uh, probably as reliable, but I wouldn't have to visit the Honda service center much at all, if at all. Right. So I think even if you got the stripped down Model 3, you're still getting a better car than
0: an Accord. You are for sure.
1: Yeah. He said that full self-driving will be complete. Feature complete by the end of the year. You mean he said that again? Again. <laughs> again, what the hell is feature complete? That means, and he gave the example, that he can drive from his garage to work with no intervention But he's still monitoring. He still must take over if necessary. Yeah. And that it's getting better and better. And uh, eventually they'll get legal approval so that you can just fall asleep in your car. Like I've been hearing about some dude who slept for half an hour on the 405 while people were videotaping him.
0: That sounds wonderful.
1: And I don't understand how that could be. I mean, really fall asleep. You need to respond to the wheel.
0: Maybe Unless he, he had one of those things on his wheel. The yeah, donut, one of those. the orange, one of those situations. And, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Or or something. Or I don't know. Or he fell
0: asleep with his hands on the wheel. That would and be was interesting. was able to, like, hold that grip.
1: Yeah, or maybe the whole thing was staged.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. You know, By some YouTube haters. hits
1: are worth money. They are, yeah. Not like we ever tried to monetize that no
0: here. not us
1: he says that uh, tesla expects to have a million robo taxi capable cars on the road in 2020 so that's in what it's june
0: so it's like 18 months from now pretty uh
1: a million
0: if that if you're talking robo-taxis. about the end of 2020 like of course one million at december 31st, 31st yeah because right? they put boom. on
1: the last whatever yeah.
0: hundred thousand. at least he says he only expects to
1: yeah he says And I thought this was funny because it really does addle people, especially the (laughs) shorters and a lot of the press. They just go berserk. You have to be mad to buy a gas or diesel car because their value will drop quickly. Non-autonomous capable cars will also go down in value.
0: It's true. People don't buy cars for investments. People buy cars for transportation, right? The reason people buy cars, for the most part, is how much does it cost me to to move around and do the things that I need to do like and that's but like what can I afford to get back and forth to work what can I afford to go and take my children back and forth to school and live the rest of my life those are the reasons that people buy cars right yeah. like that's that at the end of the day that's what it is so again if you can buy a car that's a gas car for $11,000 which you can yeah and you're not factoring in the actual cost which we talked about earlier in this show that that's one thing and and people have to make those decisions. A lot of people, what 46% of Americans mm-hmm. make around the minimum wage? Yeah. So like for those people, it's not an option. Right. At this moment. Yeah. To to spend even $36,000 and stretch for a Model 3. Yeah, then and they you, probably won't be using the robo taxi service that much either. It might be. I mean, again, that again, th- that's the other thing is because you use your car so little. If you really sat down and you were, and there were enough robo taxis, and you didn't have to wait more than five or or ten minutes for a car, and you were able to switch your thing, it would likely be cheaper for a majority of people. But it's also going to be. Likely cheap enough to get people out of mass transit, which we've discussed, which is also right. not a great thing. And clog the roads, mm-hmm. which yeah.
1: in San Francisco is obviously right. worse and being demonstrated scientifically. Right. You know. and,
0: and you're never going to get to the point where building roads is environmentally friendly. Yeah. Or digging tunnels. Or even maintaining them is yeah. environmentally friendly. Yeah, it's true.
1: Uh, uh he reiterated fact that we already know the Model Y segment is huge. He says two times as big yeah. as the market for Model Three. Which is amazing. Yeah. And that uh I, this was an interesting little bomb he drops. And on the my, a Model Y, which is a bigger car than mm-hmm. a Model Three, they're expecting to drop the drag coefficient to below the drag coefficient of the Model Three, which we were there. Yeah. Right next to that. That model of the model the wind tunnel Y, mock-up. the wind tunnel with full of holes and yeah. sensors. And we got a little walk, walk around tour of that thing. And mm-hmm. if that's that, wow,
0: I'm impressed. Yeah. That's cool. Those guys are working hard over there, man. They're doing, they're doing the big work. Go Hawthorne. Go Hawthorne.
1: J.B. Straubel got up and talked, which I thought was great because there were rumors before this mm. that J.B. was going out. Rumors, rumors, because he had exercised like three million stock options or something like that, and he was selling them. And that sounds people awesome. were like, "The dude is cashing out." Yeah, but he was there and he was talking. And there was another guy next to him. I forgot his name. My bad. Who uh,
0: Drew? I wish Drew, I could remember his last name. Yeah, but.
1: I had it down on my notes but i don't have i don't want to ruffle papers here but they got up and they talked about gigafactory he said gigafactory is at 80 percent or so of capacity
0: which capacity
1: i guess the capacity for the the space that they have
0: the capacity to build vehicles okay
1: capacity because they were building other things max capacity of battery production see we don't get all the
0: That's what I don't know.
1: And that uh, right now, the Gigafactory in Sparks, Nevada, is accountable for half of global EV battery production. I thought they were going to go above everyone else. But, you know, I just got anxious and nervous during this portion of the presentation because I'm thinking, you know, the one, one singular thing that is keeping tesla from doing what i really wanted to do mm-hmm. is batteries yeah i want tesla to make semis and pickup trucks and model y's yeah. and more model threes and power walls and power packs
0: it's all about the battery and yeah
1: I wish they would produce more batteries. Right,
0: but, and then what is that 80% of, or so, that's 80% or so of current capacity, 80% or so of what they think maximum capacity is? Like I they not quantify. I, I,
1: I read into that that it they were at 80% of the capacity for the space they currently occupy. Okay. Because as it is, Gigafactory is only about one-third of the size that it was planned to be. Right, And the production or I should say the build-out rate of Gigafactory 3, uh, uh, sorry, of Gigafactory 1 is nothing like Gigafactory 3. If they can build Gigafactory 3 like they are doing, mm-hmm. what the hell are they doing in Nevada? It's like it, the whole thing has stopped. It's not expanding anymore. That drive- well, they're
0: doing it because, again, they're, they're delivering most of their cars in North America. Like that, That's the issue. I don't know. I would think
1: that if you build it, they will come yeah. If you build a bigger gigafactory in Sparks, Nevada, you can produce more batteries. You can produce more vehicles. I don't know. Maybe it's all about cash and their yeah, money constraint. You know? yeah. He said there might be a gigafactory or there will be a gigafactory Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, Tom, they're going to call it Gigafactory 4? Yes. Because I don't think they've actually <laughs> <laughs> come up with a name yet. You know, like Gigafactory Denmark or like, do you Gigafactory...
0: Want- to name them after, like, unicorns? Like, what think, do you want them to be named I, I after? I think we should
1: name it for them. Okay. Let's just name it Gigafactory
0: 4. Okay. And say that we That's named it first. very uninspired thinking. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My guess is, like, if you were to go and see Tesla internal papers, like, working title is probably Gigafactory 4. I
1: I think Gigafactory Four is a great idea. Uh-huh. I think we should you know we should coin that name
0: for them. Okay. Okay. Should we copyright it?
1: No. Trademark it? No. Let's just give it to oh, them. It's a gift. It's our I gift. Mean, we we right. give
0: so much. We're such right. givers. Giga Factory they, Euro.
1: Europa. Yeah, but the problem is you might get into the Brexit, that whole nonsense, if you start using the Euro name. Let's move on from this silly They haven't selected a location. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somewhere around the end of this year, they're going to announce. Yeah. uh, They said that all the Teslas available in Europe will be more affordable because they'll be built in Europe— and the transportation costs and import duties and all that sort of stuff will be
0: eliminated. And you've spent a fair amount of time in Europe. Where would you like them to build Gigafactory for? If you were like, oh, I need to go on a Gigafactory Four tour, where would you want it right to be? Right next
1: to Disneyland Paris. Okay. There, it should be like, there should be an electric powered monorail that mm-hmm. goes from Disneyland Right through the Tesla factory Uh So that you don't actually Have to get out And it'll just talk to you And people can just Continually go around The Gigafactory Mm -hmm. On a monorail And just Everybody be so excited Like This is the best factory I've ever seen Have look. you been to Disneyland Paris? I haven't So do you think But I've been to Disneyland In Anaheim Like a thousand times okay. And what the hell
0: It's the same isn't There's it? There's no space around there No I don't think It is actually the same But uh, you know It's different Do different, they serve different baguettes thim- I'm maybe. sure And maybe croissant <laughs> Right but the difference is You could go And the wine you had is a much factory better. Right next door to it, You could go on your first day Of your one week trip To Disneyland Paris Right You could order your car And then when you look. Left, on the final day, you could pick up your car from the other side of the uh, Gigafactory 4. So that's uh, uh, one vote for Gigafactory 4 being in Paris. Where would you vote for it being? Hmm. Since I've never been to Europe, I think that's more complicated. But I would like to see one in Germany. Ah. Because those people know how to build cars. I was
1: going to say, there is the manpower, mm-hmm. the expertise. The engineering. And much of the equipment. Plus, yeah. uh, what is it called? The The... The robot company that Elon bought is in Germany, Groman.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I, I picked Germany.
1: You're right. And then if you could still put a monorail through the factory <laughs> to let everybody see it, I yeah. mean, how would that not be a great idea? It would be. Yeah. I think it'd be great. He said that uh, Tesla Energy is expected to see 2X growth this year compared to last. Yeah. That's excellent. The Tesla solar roof.
0: Mm, it's yeah. not.
1: We're not. You know. Talk about overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. This is like the the brain the the the, the child
0: birth of that concept. I love it. It's sort of like the the, the stuff that you get out of a out of a moonshot, right? Like you get this what, additional like exhaust. Te- no, well, you get. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's sort of like – it's this aspirational goal and, like, I want to do this thing. I want to build this technology. I want to see if I can make this work. And maybe some other really great ideas in manufacturing will come out of it. Whether or not it in itself succeeds in the long term remains to be seen. I just – I don't know, like Mel was very, very excited about the solar roof. Elon was very, very excited about the solar roof. They are having a lot of problems trying to figure out the technology and bring the cost down right. to make this work. We do this because
1: we can. Yeah. I think that was a president who said that. Yeah. So he said, yes, the Tesla solar roof is being installed in eight states. That's cool. That means that there's at least seven more installations than the last time I read about the yeah. solar roof because it was the one on Elon's house yeah. and one on Straubel's house. <laughs> Those are both in California. So right. seven more installs at least. Woohoo. Yeah. Uh, he said, though, it's a tough problem to make it durable low cost and easy to install, but they have a shot at it costing as much as composite shingle roof. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Plus energy. Plus energy, yes. Plus Which makes utility it cost. very expensive. Right. Well, the details are a little bit below. Okay. They dropped a new supercharger map.
0: That's nice. Woo-hoo! On the official Tesla website. So if I'm you go to Tesla, so excited. You can find the search for the supercharger map, and it will give you this information.
1: Yeah. It says that there's going to be another 700 sites in North America, 450 sites in Europe and the Middle East, as well as 350 additional sites in Asia and. Australia.
0: I was recently uh, at the Tahone Ranch Supercharger. Yes. And they expanded that one yes. greatly. Do you know when that happened? Uh, within the last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was like maybe three times as many plugs there. And that was a very impacted supercharger at one point. I remember on one of Mel's drives, he was very, very complainy about that particular supercharger. That was one that originally had that big cover and only had like six slots. When we first started doing this show, in our first drive down from Fremont, we stopped there and we, uh, we looked in there. And now there's just a bunch. The rest of them aren't undercover, but there's a lot more of them. And they are not... From what I noticed, they're not they have not been upgraded yet. Just on the spot. Yeah.
1: It's it's a good thing. Yeah. They um they did add a couple on pallets. They were trying to get it moving up. Plus, they installed like uh what is it, Button Willow and Bakersfield. They put a number more superchargers on the route, and yeah. they need to continue to do that. And this map is really great. It also shows that they've completed or will complete this year the Trans Canada Highway. And actually, a north and south route. So, for the Canadians who listen, good on you, mates. This is, oh, that's actually Australian. Sorry.
0: (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Hosers.
1: Just because he's not here. New hosers will be able to charge Uh, all across the country. Now you're not
0: listening anymore. That's great. No, we have no more Canadian (laughs) listeners. Thank you so much, Robert. They
1: talked about this automatic mobile response service Uh uh-huh like where the car calls for help you're driving and (laughs) all of a sudden your front tire blows out Uh the car has already called for a service van to come and bring you a tire (laughs)
0: that
1: sounds crazy yeah that that really is crazy
0: (laughs) because like (laughs) but does it tell you how long it's going to take for him to get there like does a thing pop up on your screen we've called for help you're cool man don't worry about it i don't know not, tesla's not great with communication unfortunately yeah. Mm. Yeah. i'd like to know if anybody has any photos of that automated mobile response and how it yeah, if or there is a message that pops up a notification on your screen we'd love to see that
1: or like a first person experience come yeah write us a letter we're not going to read any letters today but no. do write us a letter yeah, we yeah, want yeah. I mean, to just hear from just you.
0: write them and we may or may not read them i've used mobile service for a tire issue in the past but it wasn't automated mobile yeah, service mine
1: either but they showed up pretty damn it was quick great. it
0: was in fact,
1: it happened to me on the way to work. And I think within an hour, I had a new tire yeah. and I was driving to work. And sure enough, like three days later when I was off, I just went to my local service center mm-hmm. and my old wheel was there. Yeah. And I bought a set of tires and people on the podcast told me, what did you do that for? You should buy from these places and these places. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to give Tesla my money.
0: I need some tires and I don't want to pay Tesla's prices. So, Yeah, well, need there's... Those places. We'll talk about that There's after a the show. Big
1: talk about tires on the Tesla Motors forum. Good. So yeah, this this service sounds cool. I'm excited to hear if anybody's having a good experience with it. Evidently, mm-hmm. they ran it in the San Francisco Bay Area. They've rolled it out to L.A. and some other areas,
0: primarily for tire repairs. And we're still on this goddamn investor shareholder. This meeting is often of, an
1: entire show, man. I know. I yeah.
0: know. I know. Yeah. So Tesla now doing body work. Yep. In the service centers. What? And remotely what? also as well. Yeah, but they're emailed
1: to me at the, bo- yeah. in the next story, I think. I got that same email. The
0: pickup unveiling plan for later this summer. Can't wait. You You've got an invite, right? I haven't gotten the invite yet, but yeah, I but do have an invite in the... In the back pocket, as it were.
1: Quote, it will be totally sci-fi, end quote.
0: Yeah, we should actually maybe show up early enough to get a good seat for that. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not show up at the very last moment. Maybe like just, you know, show up the day before. I don't want to camp out, though. Yeah. That sounds
1: horrible. Well, we could play video games for many hours while we wait. That's a good point. That's true. I I expect it's down here in Hawthorne, so we'll meet our old friend, I forgot his All name. All of
0: our old friends really will likely be the dude be there. who
1: runs the Tesla Design Center. He is so cool. Yeah, I just want to go and have a drink with him. Screw the rest of it. Yeah. So uh, Elon thinks it'll be the coolest vehicle he's ever seen, which is not. I don't know. I just say ugh. He wants the pickup to be great, more functional than the Ford 150. He said that it's gotten to have the same towing capacity and better
0: performance than a Porsche 911. Like, I just don't want it to cost as much as a Porsche 911. Right. Although maybe they're not as expensive said as I imagine. $49,999. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In- so $49,000 pickup, $36,000 sedan. Are they in the same sort of ballpark as far as you're concerned like the $49,000 pickup there'll be as many of those as there are $36,000 Model 3s or do you really feel like Mm. they're going to push hard on that number because I mean the Rivian pickup truck is much more expensive than that. Well I mean again it's all about can they get the battery capacity as they you know it's economies of scale for Tesla more batteries more batteries more batteries is cheaper batteries and that's the big cost of these vehicles. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the range actually what I'm thinking about is like a bar chart of F150 mm-hmm. base price how many of those are sold next upgrade mm-hmm. how many of those are sold yeah. next upgrade how many you know getting all the way up to like the Raptor right. which is a super expensive truck I'm sure they only sell a, a
0: fraction of those Yeah they probably don't even make that many of them.
1: Right. So I'm not sure how well a $50,000 Tesla pickup truck will match an F one hundred and fifty. Of course, Tesla is going to have a whole uh, web page that's going to show you that you're not going to have to service it, that you're not going to have to fuel it f- with as much money, uh-huh. that you're going to get some kind of a you know rebate or cash back or credit of some kind at that point in time.
0: Right. So if you if you look at the numbers, Ford reported in twenty eighteen, it sold one. 1- 0. 0.075 million F150s right so those numbers if you take into account the gigafactory building those trucks in china potentially i don't know how big the china F150 market is it may not they may not actually exist or building the that truck in nevada the potential for tesla to be able to make a million vehicles in a year a million of a single truck vehicle in a year exists yes so it's just a question of Can they get into the situation where they can take over all the Ford sales? Likely not. But they sell, you know, 70,000 plus trucks a month. God. That's a big number.
1: That's a huge number. And again,
0: it doesn't really break down the higher versions, the higher cost versions of them. But, you know.
1: It starts at 28,155. Right. So that's like almost half of the cost of the Tesla truck. There's no way the Tesla truck with fuel savings and maintenance savings and rebates of any size that are conceivable right. at this point in time will make those equivalent. So it's going to be a truck that's sold to, you know, mm-hmm. the more bougie cowboys. Right. And so talk a little
0: <laughs> bit about the semi, semi. They're always insulting people being bougie. Yeah, well, cowboys. I've been
1: insulted about being bougie so much that I'm just dishing it back. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really.
1: The semis, uh production is expected towards yeah. the end of 2020. So again, in 18 months or so, or uh-huh. maybe 16 months. He said there's no reason to build more products if we don't have the batteries to supply them.
0: Why don't you calm down, bro? build more batteries um you know they can't dude they're trying i don't know man
1: it seems like that that gigafactory
0: in nevada is just not building out it's like they're having quality control problems they're having issues with their partner about batteries like you don't think they're they want to fix this well of course they want to of course they want to
1: elon even said we might get into the mining business
0: yeah please don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Whatever, just do do your thing. Do what oh you need my to God. do. But if that's what it takes, again, I, I I don't know if he looks at his supply chain and thinks and wonders if mining is an issue. Again, if he's trying to vertically integrate it and try to make things as cheap as possible. You know, he has to prioritize. Like, that's what Tesla needs to do. That's what his job is, is like, what is our goal? What are the 15 things to get to our goal and how to prioritize them? I'm going to have to trust that he's doing the right thing, even though sometimes mm, on this show it doesn't seem like we trust him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't think they should be making the submarine car from uh
0: No, I mean, come on. These are, just, these are just jokes Elon makes and things. To, they're distractors. Yeah. Just keep going.
1: So they now we go to the say- Question: say is this crowdsourcing uh-huh. investors website, which I actually went to yeah. and I started reading about. And it's actually pretty um, interesting. I felt very, uh, how would I say, hesitant to participate because i didn't want to like give all of my basic financial information and like put myself at risk but after reading through the say website which is now this is like the second year that they've been using this or Mm -hmm. maybe it's started sometime during last year and i was like "Hmm, i'm glad that some people are taking the risk to do this but actually i think it's pretty safe i read through their their uh
0: that's good because I put my information on there.
1: Yeah, I think you're good. I was just being really hesitant. Yeah, But David asked, production has been battery constrained for some time now. Duh. Mm-hmm. Can you describe Tesla's roadmap to increase cell and pack production for all of your products? And uh, Elon and JB didn't really... They It seemed like they knew something and they didn't reveal it, which... I'm curious, very curious. I wonder if Gigafactory 3 is going to become, the that's Shanghai, is going to be a massive battery source. Like maybe they'll even bring them over here or build the power packs over there for places like Australia and other uh, foreign countries. I wonder if the tax... And tariff and duty kind of setups will allow Tesla to be much more successful in rolling out battery packs, power walls, power packs to foreign lands, which is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that just, again, depends on what our political and climate is, right? Like bringing batteries from China into the States. You know, right now is no. is OK, but it may not be OK as we move forward. So it's just a question of what are the what are tariffs? What are those additional costs? What is that transportation again for no matter what, no matter where these factories are, unless you're building a battery factory. Factory on top of all of the raw materials you need, which is near impossible because all of the raw materials needed for batteries are just all over the place. Yeah, then you're you're always going to have some transportation costs to bring the raw materials in, but minimizing that sort of end output process of like where those products are going to that's a big part of the of the economy you know I just can't
1: imagine the headache I would have if I was part of the team trying to plan all of this like you build a factory for like a 20 plus year production run Mm -hmm. how the hell can you do that now I mean like especially with the seas rising 83 feet, Uh, insurance, Tesla insurance. I almost forgot about that, even though I'm perpetually in the market for insurance. Perpetually. Perpetually. He said that uh, the details will be coming soon. Uh, They Mm -hmm. were waiting on a, quote, small acquisition. Yeah. And they needed to write some software.
0: I believe that Warren Buffett made some comments about the insurance business. And again, for me, it's just... Yes, he can buy a company and he can have people, but why the distractor? Is it because he thinks the cost of insurance is another barrier to entry again? Yeah. Like, is that is that the yeah. big the reasoning behind it? Did you say you're you're insured with AAA? Right? Yeah, it's very high.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't even write me. They wouldn't even write me. They said Tesla. Sorry.
0: But I have two Teslas with AAA. Because
1: you're probably pre-existing. You have a homeowner's policy. You're part of their family. Yeah. They'll still just jack you when it comes time to pay your premium. And then all these other companies. I mean, my car was, I was getting these huge quotes. Somebody gave me the name. I should go back. It's on my desk in a pile.
0: Oh, of course,
1: uh, for a uh, a uh, insurance company mm-hmm. that they did like adjuster work for. And they said it was really good and that it was considerably less expensive. Of course, yeah. here in Southern California, I think auto insurance has got to be 30, 40 percent
0: more than it is in yeah. the rest of the. I mean, both of us plan, have had our cars in the body shop. A few times for various reasons, so there may be there may be some reasons. Hopefully, the Tesla service centers being able to do body work will kind of help all of that thing, right? Yeah. So again, it's more of that verticality. They provide the insurance, they provide the body work, and right. they don't have to pay those those additional markups, right? You know, and that's a that's an insurance savings for them. But but again, they. You're talking about having to do this nationwide, worldwide, globally. How many people still do not live within three-hour drive of a freaking Tesla service center? That's the other thing, you know, that – You know, you can think about as it pertains to Tesla is like, are they building the service centers based on demand? And that's how they're building cars. There's so many multifactorial issues as it pertains to selling these vehicles.
1: I think you're right. It's about making Tesla's more affordable and less of a hassle. Yeah. So, you know, When I first bought a Tesla, it was like, I don't know, I bought a moon buggy. It was so abnormal, so different. I had to teach everybody how to, like a valet. No way. Like, they didn't even know what the hell was going on. Was
0: there a supercharger network when you bought your, right, it didn't
1: exist. No. No. Then they talked about Starlink. Somebody asked, will you use Starlink for the vehicles? In other words, Tesla vehicles. And Elon said, no, that the antenna is too big. I think he once described it as being about the size of a pizza box. Yeah, Uh, Maybe not like a little eight inch personal pizza, but the Costco 18-inch pizza. I don't know which pizza box. Okay, <laughs> But he said that they'll probably continue to use the cell phone network. Mm-hmm. He said that uh, Starlink would only be advantageous in low-density areas, i.e. places where the cell signal sucks, yeah. versus in high-density cities, evidently with the reflection of signals off buildings and other obstacles, mm-hmm. that it would really not work well, Starlink.
0: So it can't be your one and only internet provider. That's
1: right. It's not going to be Starlink to your cell phone. It's That's Starlink. Problem for to me. like a repeater device, it's
0: a problem for me in a lot of ways.
1: It's like dish television or any of those satellite television right, but internet I services. One. I don't yeah. want
0: four. Like I don't want to pay for terrestrial internet and then when I'm out and about have to pay for Starlink internet. I think that again reduces the market for that product. But hey, you know what? It's a Elon's a problem. There's a lot more Starlink controversy, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Yeah. Uh,
1: but let's try and get through the rest of this call. Oh, God. Are we still on the same call? I know. He said that uh, they were going to probably... Coat the cameras with a a material to repel rain and snow because somebody Mm -hmm. asked about obstacles, you know, like mud and snow and gunk getting on them. Uh, Another person here is saying that uh, this we talked about just a moment ago. Would Tesla consider pushing out an update to its app for rideshare services soon or at least, you know, allowing current owners an easy way to make revenue now? And then
0: along but that, the way, but it's fix only bucks. about Robotex. So, but, but that's a weird question to me because right now the cars can't drive themselves. So are no. they talking about becoming like a Uber truro, drivers?
1: Or like a Turo.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. not what a rideshare service is though, right? right you can maybe, already be an Uber driver in your Tesla if you want or a Lyft driver in your Tesla right. if you want. It's not the Tesla network, but the, the Tesla network, my guess is, is only going to be built for autonomous robotic driving and not for the driver, be just because of the business model. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Well, Te- Elon said it's a good idea,
1: this sort of like preliminary system. And he said Tesla will probably launch a supervised robo taxi slash ride system until it is approved to run driverless. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't either. But I'm using my car a fair amount. Yeah. Uh, Then the floor opened up. Some dude was asking about Tesla and getting involved in power transmission lines. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, please listen to the show Mm because we've talked about this. And Elon basically said that the storage that they're making, the power packs and the power walls, help make existing transmission systems work better. Yeah, It takes off like load. It allows for only like large transfers of electricity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they had said that the... um, the big high voltage transmission systems like between urban centers Mm -hmm. are almost never used. They're rarely used. And the whole idea is to keep that system uh, untaxed so that they can move large uh, bundles of energy and that batteries are really the way to do this. I've talked to a number of people in the energy sector, and it sounds like even though this is an enormous paradigm shift that takes a huge investment in infrastructure, it is such a good idea.
0: It is. But again, it's battery constrained at the moment, right? Tesla is battery constrained. out. The gigafactory and make
1: more batteries again. I think
0: it's partners. Like they're we've we've seen articles where five hundred thousand cells a day are going into the garbage.
1: <laughs> I've got a new hashtag. You ready? Oh please, hashtag battery bottleneck.
0: Oh nice, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start using that. Cool. Is Tesla being aggressive enough in China? A good question and a I great know. answer. Yeah, he said this dude asked why not two gigafactories, and Elon said. We can't spend money too fast. Can you imagine that coming from Elon's mouth? It seems kind of like, oh, I feel faithful. It's smart. Again, of Elon. He said, but yes, the factory may do a million cars a year eventually or not. (laughs) And Tesla may want to have two China factories in the long term so that vehicles are produced close to the customers. China is a big country. They are. Yeah, and they're going to buy a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another guy asked about importing to India, and Elon uh, was very adept at this. I was very impressed. He said that it's difficult, the rules are complicated, there's tariffs, and it's confusing in India how you do sales and service. and, And at the moment, Tesla doesn't need to add the complexity since it can sell everything it can make right now, but Elon said he'd be surprised if Tesla wasn't in India within the next year
0: <laughs> It's kind not of right yes now and no not right now
1: yes but twelve months maybe hmm. and possibly but not yeah. but yes possibly we'd like
0: to not, but we probably will at some point it's hard, but we're going to try it anyway. The
1: next guy asked a really interesting question. he's like, superchargers, you don't have enough superchargers, which mm-hmm. if 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 The short man were here, Mm -hmm. he'd be chiming in on this one. The short man.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Took me a second.
1: And he said, why don't you let people, us, Uh invest in the supercharger network? We can have a finance company. We can put together like a mutual fund or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then we can pay for more superchargers to Uh be built
0: out. And, And Elon said... Maybe, and then we could bitch that
1: maybe not. We're
0: not charging people enough to use the superchargers, even though they're free. We bitch that we they're not free anymore, and now we'd, we'd bitch that they weren't charging enough. It seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, and then a bunch of people dumped
1: on how Elon and Tesla need to counteract all of the negative press. Elon pointed out, yes, there's two hundred thousand gasoline car fires every year. Yeah you
0: don't hear about many of them, but every single Tesla that catches fire, you hear about. But this was really interesting because people were really talking about in terms of like a messaging, like a better, more proactive, this is positive information coming out of Tesla. Where can we get that information so we can disseminate it? And Elon really did react very positively to that and said, we have all this stuff available. We have all of this information. Let's do a better job of disseminating it and maybe that's a crowdsourcing situation. So, hey, send us your positive messages tesla and we'll we'll talk about them yeah once a show we'll give you a the tesla a corner platform. yeah
1: the tesla corner Today in tesla tesla.
0: <laughs> this came from tesla it, we'll call it the grain of salt section the
1: grain of salt section g-o-s-s nice i like that and and i agree there was a lot talk a lot of talk about advertising and and uh, and then there was Peta. Peta was there. They're there every year. This nice lady stood up and said, "Hey, how about the the vegan steering wheels?" But uh, again, Pearl, the vegan steering wheel does not work or mm-hmm. does not last as long if it has a heating element in it. So not
0: good for so, our Canadian brothers and right. sisters. So
1: it's hard to be Peta in Canada. Yeah. Or or Norway. So yeah, if you want a heated steering wheel, it's not likely you're going to get one right now. Do you know what it costs?
0: Like, because he said it's special order on the S and X. Like, what is the cost? Can you? That's a good question. I'm going to look it up while you keep going on this. Yeah, I don't know. You You probably have
1: to talk to somebody about it. But then she, like, pushed him and pushed him. You know, will there be a vegan version of Model 3 and Model Y steering wheels by next year's shareholder meeting? And Elon kind of, hmm. And then he said yes. So now he's pushing a bunch of people to make a vegan steering wheel while we still need freaking batteries to keep us alive on this planet. And then lastly, a young man, very enthusiastic. I look forward to seeing his posts when he gets his Tesla. Mm -hmm. Says, will Tesla make a submarine car? And I threw in the notes here a picture of the Lotus Esprit that was that was uh modified mm-hmm. to float underwater and be propelled underwater, which Elon does own from The Spy Who Loved Me with Roger Moore. That's the uh the 007 movie. All I can say is please no. Don't. Please, yeah. please don't. What the
0: f- Yeah, no.
1: No. Make batteries. It's like make love, not war. Make batteries, not submarine cars. So okay. Tesla Service Center. Mobile units, if you have a Tesla, 621, this email came out, that's June 21 if you're here in the United States. Uh, They can, available repairs are paint scuffs and scratches, Mm -hmm. minor Mm dents, which I think is impressive given that it's an aluminum. Well, maybe minor dents on a Model 3 where the body panel is only steel. I don't know. Maybe. Bumper, fender, door, side mirror, and other bolt on replacements. They could even do some of these via mobile service van, which I'm like, what? This is exciting. I'm looking forward to a lot less people bitching and griping about how long it takes to get their Teslas fixed. And I, of course, was one of them. And I went 100 <laughs> days. 100 days. You were one without of them. my. That's you know, for sure. And then talk about uplifting. What? Talk about satisfying okay. and feeling good about the world. Mm-hmm. Bob Lutz. Bob Lutz. Bob Lutz, the chronic Tesla detractor, FUD, fear, hater, disliker, criticizer, writes a piece Whoa, in Track magazine. Settle down, buddy. I'm just going to go to the quotes. Okay. When I spied a metallic—I should— Say it like him. He's like chomping on a guitar, uh, a cigar. <clears throat> when I when I spied a why metallic, why do you think
0: that this is what Bob Wood sounds like? I've
1: heard him. He's got a gravelly voice. Okay. When I spied a metallic red Model Three in an Ann Arbor parking lot, I felt compelled to check it out. Mm-hmm. I was eager to see the off-reported sloppy assembly work, the poor fitting doors, the Blotchy paint and the other manifestations of Tesla CEO Elon Musk's production hell mm-hmm. with my own eyes. Alas, <laughs> I was stunned. These are quotes Not only was the paint without any discernible flaws Uh But the various panels formed a body of precision Mm. That was beyond reproach Mm. I thought my drink had just been spiked with some hallucinogen When I was reading this Gaps from hood to fenders Doors to frame And all the other appeared to be perfectly even Equal side to side and completely parallel Bob Lutz is a big guy. He turned all kinds of things around in Detroit, and he's just like crazy happy about what's going on here. This Model 3 measured up, in fact, the Detroit 3 until about 15 years ago, routinely delivered cars and trucks with appalling gaps, often as wide as eight millimeters on one side, two millimeters on the other, as long as there was no chipped paint. From the door hitting its frame, it was fine. Yeah. So they put out all kinds of much more inferior cars. Mm-hmm. He's really excited by the Model 3. I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm so excited by this article.
0: Good old Bob.
1: I guess I'm, I'm happy. I'd have a drink with Bob now.
0: Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad that I'm sure Bob's just sitting in his office right now waiting around for you to call him up and be like, "Oh, thank God, Robert. Finally, I did something that he doesn't give a crap if you want to have a drink with him. Yeah, he's Bob Lutz. He still owns like a bunch of corvettes
1: and hummers and big gas guzzling cars because he doesn't believe in climate change. I. Don't <laughs> You're making a lot of assumptions. I heard him say all kinds of things. I've read a lot of what he has said, and he has not been a fan nor a major supporter. He, I don't think, listens to talking Tesla. And you're right; he doesn't give a crap about what we say. (laughs) You want to talk hydrogen, Tom? I don't.
0: You don't. Okay, I will. Let's talk about hydrogen. Wait a minute—that's your favorite fuel source. I feel like you—you're misinterpreting that word favorite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, this is an electric uh, dot com article. Electric, <laughs> to quote a, a small Australian gentleman, um, and unfortunately in Norway on June 10th, just a few days ago, eleven, Boo! twelve days ago, <laughs> wow, very harsh. They lost a hydrogen uh, fuel station to what we would call a fud. <laughs> <laughs> Like a massive blow-up, uh, a fug. massive blow-up. So and 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 the situation is that they basically closed down all fuel cells, <laughs> the sales of all fuel cell cars. Toyota stopped making them in Norway or stopped delivering them. Toyota and Hyundai because of you know. They're, they're the fact afraid. you can't
1: fill them up anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I
0: think they're sort of afraid that if you uh, that people aren't going to a want to buy one anymore, and b if they buy one, where are they going to fill it up? I feel sorry. Is that the only hydrogen station in Norway? <laughs> no, there's ten of them. Oh, okay,
1: but this one blew up. Nobody was at it. Thank God. Thank God. But in an adjacent parking lot, uh-huh. there were two people in a car. Yeah, and they both like. Were injured
0: Yeah because their their airbags Airbags went went off It was so big an explosion So it's pretty nasty Again uh, The whole deal about these things Right The reason that these cars exist at all And this is really talking fuel cell (laughs) hydrogen cars is because of government subsidies. Yeah. So these cars were built; they were given increased credits by governments for fast charging, right? To make things that are fast refueling, which is what because they have no emissions at the tailpipe. So they have no emissions at the tailpipe, and you can recharge them faster. They were given credits, so Toyota and Hyundai took it upon themselves to get rid of their electric vehicle programs or at the time both of them i believe still have have electric vehicle programs they're not toyota's is not quite as robust it doesn't feel like at the moment hyundai's is is still you know in the ballpark um but not really as robust as we would like it to be and honda that was making
1: a fuel cell car the clarity has actually converted most of them i don't know that they're selling any now that are fueled with hydrogen they made some but now they've converted them to electric they've just Packed in batteries. Right.
0: And I know somebody with a hydrogen Toyota here, and they seem to love it. But again, it's really about the government deciding. Which things to subsidize? I, you know, you know, from the very beginning of all of this stuff, this was not my favorite thing for us to be putting towards because it didn't really solve the problem. Hydrogen is very expensive to make, very yeah. fuel intensive to make. As of right now, none of that technology has been changed. So, yeah, uh, you're making
1: all your hydrogen from natural gas, yeah, and it takes a huge amount of electricity yeah. to break apart the natural gas into hydrogen, mm-hmm. and it's complete fallacy that it is helping climate change.
0: I could go without it. I mean, again, it does solve the fast charging thing, but it feels like with these increases in supercharging at now 75 miles in five minutes, while not great, not terrible. And- since
1: we're on the topic of Please. superchargers, yeah. it's only been eight days since we last recorded the show. Only eight days? Only eight days. Awesome. And the reason we're recording this show early is because you're going on vacation. Yeah. Mel's already out of the country. Yeah. And I don't know. That's why we're... Isn't
0: that why we're recording early? No, this is the... Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: Okay. Because it's the 22nd, know. not the 29th. I know. Yeah. Well, it brings the, the show to the peeps. The peeps. Not much quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... What's remarkable mm-hmm. in, I'm sorry, it's only been 13 days See, yeah. I'm like, so on The Bob Lutz article has just gotten oh, so Bob is
0: really so He's really just taking off it balance Taking it to you
1: Yeah, so in 13 days We have 24 open superchargers Okay That's a, a huge increase In the last few weeks And it seems that The Tesla universe has waited for Mel not to be here
0: the TeslaVerse.
1: TeslaVerse. Mm-hmm. So we've got 16 new stations in the United States. That's we have pretty cool. Canada, Australia, Switzerland, Spain, France, Norway, South Korea, Germany. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. And
0: do you know where any of the USA ones? What's the most interesting location of a new open USA supercharger?
1: Get this. Okay. So the charger at my building is
0: still broken. That's not what we're talking. Which about. is a
1: pain in the butt. Uh-huh, yeah. So. Coming home from work, I'm stopping in Thousand Oaks to charge my car back up so I can get to home. Lovely. And while I'm sitting there at, like, maybe midnight or something, I look at my Tesla app. And you know how it shows you, uh, when you look up charging, not only how fast you're charging, but it tells you where the nearest superchargers? Yeah. Malibu. The boo? The boo. Nice. I was like, what? I know they had put a dot on Malibu ages ago. I have been through Malibu, I don't know, 20 times since then. Bam, five chargers available for use that night. I was like, this is crazy. This is nuts. Somebody at Tesla must have just popped, you know, flipped the switch on the website that says there's a malibu charger but no i look there's no malibu charger but it's on my map again with five open little slots so the next day i'm driving home through malibu i'm like of course what am i going to do i'm going to stop there's a brand new whole foods shopping center okay there's a bunch of storefronts that are not even full yet the one the storefront closest to the charger Mm -hmm. guess what coffee store would you want I I know you probably want a half a dozen, but like one notable coffee store that is... Blue bottle. Blue bottle.
0: Yeah. It's
1: literally 70 feet from the supercharger. Mm. It won't open till July 4th because I talked to the people in there doing the construction. And so, wow, amazing. I charged two days in a row, Malibu supercharger. By the third day it was open, Uh it was already a line. Oh. I've got pictures of people and mining up. It's now,
0: not a super fast supercharger. No, it's the Metro it?
1: 75 kilowatt charger. Oh, it's a Metro charger. Yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, Can we call those superchargers, really? Mm. Should we call those? Mm. Yeah, well, we will.
1: I would say maybe not so supercharger. <laughs> There's a new supercharger in Ossining. I'm sorry? osning
0: Where's that? God bless you Is that That's the proper (laughs) response I'm sorry Austin in
1: New York It's on the Hudson River Okay The only reason That one stood out to Uh me Was because I've gone On the train Back and forth Up the Hudson From like Cold Spring To New York City And back and forth Mm -hmm. And when you're on the train, the conductor is always on, uh, and they say, okay. and then I'm like, I, I was like, what are they saying? I'm sorry, I don't even I know what that is. And so, <laughs> Ossining is like burned into my brain because I've heard that word said by the train conductors so often. <sighs> yeah, it's just north of Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Ooh. And everybody is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know there could be heads rolling. <laughs> But there sh- maybe there should be heads rolling because all the people on the Tesla forum are saying, what the hell? Why Osning? There isn't a highway near there. It's not in an interchange. It's just like out in the middle of nowhere. They put 1,250
0: kilowatt chargers. My guess is that Tesla has some zip code data. Yeah. They must know. They have to. They must if know. If they don't, they're doing something very, very wrong. They
1: also put 12 metro chargers in
0: Brooklyn, mm. Chico. Nice. Chico, Not you know... Not Chico and the Man, Chico California, but Chico California. Yeah. No, I didn't think you meant that they put twelve superchargers in in a seventies TV show. Honest, honestly, and actually, let me correct you. That Chico has
1: fourteen plugs, and they're the hundred and fifty kilowatt. First off, you
0: can't correct me. V2. You're the one who said the information, so you're really correcting yourself, which is great. Like corrections and uh corrections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's 12 under constructions, six new permits.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a good week for the it superchargers. Is, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting. So we're going to talk about the solar roof, but let's talk about it very, very quickly, Robert, because we already kind of talked about it.
1: It's true. It's just that for the website, on the website, electric. Yes. Somebody actually sent them, Gene. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's uh, not Gene. That's uh, Fred. Good, good job. <laughs> they sent Fred a copy of their... Uh, their proposed, Estimate. yeah, install of a Tesla solar roof somewhere in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. I've put the numbers down here in the show notes, which I guess we could transmit to the peeps. Please, nine point four five kilowatt system, pretty
0: good size system,
1: an eighteen hundred and sixty-two square foot roof, not very big, no. And they said that there was a high percentage of active tiles versus not active tiles. Those are the tiles with the solar panels. But in they it. didn't
0: give an actual what the high percentage means. No. It's uh,
1: the cost for the roof... Sixty-four thousand six hundred.
0: Very painful number. A
1: power wall for ten grand. Yeah, and then roof repairs and site repairs for another right. ten grand. So that's
0: basically to like prep the roof for all that additional weight to right. build. Like you, if you put power walls in, you have to put in a little concrete pad to hold them. There's a lot of work that have has to, to go into
1: this. Change the panel around so they have more circuit breakers. Yeah, and yeah. It's probably place all for
0: part of the deal. So the total number eighty-five thousand three hundred and that's a of cash that could buy you a house in some places, yeah. No, well, not here, no, but some places, yes. So, there's a fifteen thousand dollar federal tax credit, right? So, sixty five thousand dollars It was the total. No, oh. sixty
1: five thousand dollars is how much oh, your see. electricity over oh. the next 30 years will cost.
0: How uh, okay, that's a big number, huh? I, uh, That's great, but also, I don't have to pay for that now. That's true. I don't have to pay for the next 30 years I wonder of if electricity. They
1: figure in the cost to finance the cost
0: of the electricity for 30 years. I hope they're factoring in a lot of different I things. but it's, don't so, know. So there's a 30-year power generation warranty. So they're calling the net price of the roof $4,000, yes. which in and of itself is inexpensive. But again, inexpensive. not... expensive, Inexpensive, but not super truthful because really you're putting out... S- Set, let's call it $70,000 You know for the $85,000 system Minus the $15,000 federal tax Credit which I assume if you can afford To put a Tesla roof on your house You'll be able to gather all right. of that credit And then you're paying basically For your power Today Yes. Now I don't know man that seems like A lot of money It's true it's a, it's a ton of money It is an investment in the future, it is an investment in the fact that – and my guess is they factored in the cost, like the average cost of how much electricity rises over right. the next 30 2, years. 2 to 3% a year. But my concern is you're investing a lot of money into a roof that's going to last for 30 years. We all know how fast technology moves and changes. Oh, here comes the bummer. No, it's not a bummer. I, I'm just like – it seems to me – like a lot of investment in something that could possibly, in five years from now, they could change. it could change massively. Well, if solar power produced on grand scale
1: yeah. has decreased seventy percent right over the last whatever it was five, six ten or ten years, years, years yeah, yeah, then it, arguably it could get even cheaper.
0: Right, but it's a beautiful roof. Yeah, and so these are people. Who are doing this, that are investing in this technology, that are moving the process forward, allowing... They're the early adopters, right? They're the people who bought the Roadster. They're the people who bought the Model S without a supercharger network. They're they're doing it because they believe in it. Yes. And that's an amazing thing. And hopefully this will work. Again... I don't have a huge problem with the way that solar panels look on the roof of my house. Right. I can see that some people might. The Tesla solar panels, actually, the installs are quite beautiful the way that they're doing them now. Much better than my install on my house. But, you know, notwithstanding, it's in the back. No one really sees it. It doesn't bother me.
1: All through, like, Beverly Hills, Bel Air, they are they are so vehemently against solar panels yeah. about how bad they look, yeah, yeah, the yeah. reflection off mm-hmm. of them. I mean, like I can't. Bu- it's almost like me talking to parents of anti-vaxxers. Yeah. I cannot. I cannot even chip their steely resolve against solar yeah. panels. So this gets them to buy in mm-hmm. and. God knows those people can afford this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Great. And it's a beautiful roof. There's some photos here of the tiles. I like this style where it's like the overlapping. It almost looks like a cedar shingle kind of a look, right. but they're black. There's a little bit of texture built in them. It's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. install. I mean, they have redesigns for all the
1: vents and vent coverings that just yeah. look so cool. There's so.
0: skylights built into it, right? So like it's yeah, all. Yeah, they have all a, this
1: new flashing styles. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. beautiful. Very, it's very
0: nice. Beautiful. and I, and I would personally love to put one of these on, on my roof. And especially if it's a system that can get rid of 100% of my electricity, yeah. the payback is going to be fast.
1: You know, as soon as there's one shingle on this building, the studio building that yeah. looks bad and out of place, mm-hmm. I have a feeling uh, Herbert might actually put on yeah. a full
0: Tesla solar roof. I think you just need to, you know, again, be the kind of person who can really invest Your money in the long term And not everybody can do that Like again Most people are living Paycheck to paycheck They're living month to month So it's very very complicated I mean if
1: you're young You're you know In your late 20s Early 30s You just bought a house The house needs some work
0: You likely can't afford a roof (laughs) (laughs) If you stretch to buy your home You finance it
1: So that would be perfect For this person That person's Mm going to be In their house for 30 years It's going to make total sense If you're a developer And you're developing In a place like the desert Where there's so much sun and so much
0: uh, right, but the problem, air conditioning expense. But the problem with that is the cost, right? There is air conditioning expense. I get that. But if you're buying a house in the desert, in Las Vegas, you're living, a lot of people live out in those areas and it's cheaper to live out there. The houses are $250,000, $300,000 and you're, the cost of this roof isn't. Cheaper because it's there. It's, it's just, the same amount. You're but what if looking it just
1: becomes part of the financing? And so, you're fifty percent of the house, cost of your house. Okay, so your 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 finance payment goes up, right? But by less than your power bill would,
0: for sure. Yeah. Again, it, it takes so, a very savvy person to be able to right. look into that as a as an investment in your energy future, which I think is a great thing, and and we have to do that. But it's easier for somebody in so in Bel Air if you have a sixteen million dollar home or a six million dollar home. An $85,000 roof doesn't seem insane. No. But if you're somewhere where your house is one hundred and fifty to $215,000, an $80,000 roof does seem a little bit crazy. Yes. Now, again— you have to think big picture you have to be able to afford to think big picture right and and i hope that it works i hope they're able to produce these and get the price down and i hope that they're able to actually last for 30 years i well i don't think, think it's, it's amazing out of
1: the question with no. these numbers today i agree it would be better if it was less expensive yeah. and of course if they've if they've built 10 of these roofs yeah of course it's going to get less expensive They're going to work out more kinks They're on yeah, yeah, version 3 yeah. Who knows what version 7 will be like
0: Right And it's very difficult for them to to iterate Because they have to You know Simulate 30 years of damage In a short amount of time
1: So you know We have more articles to cover We've been at this so for many, a long time But long there's time. one that I think is
0: We cannot avoid Let's talk about this one more And then we'll get to the no letters Starlink <laughs> Starlink Uh on
1: its face, mm-hmm. sounds like a great idea. Bring internet to so many people who don't have access. Yep. Although it's going to be a pizza box that costs, I don't know, $1,000, how much, whatever. But it's going to bring a lot of access to people. Yeah. And uh, everybody who I spoke with early on, especially after we watched the 60 satellites being deployed yeah. last month, were very excited. Mm-hmm. However, the astronomers are not Yeah, but they're wrong. The International Astronomical Union, IAU, Mm -hmm. is voicing concerns about the risk that SpaceX's Starlink Uh and other planned massive satellite constellations in low Earth orbit pose a threat to astronomy. This is from Mm space.com. I might be biased in this story. Because I still have a beef with these guys. So which way are
0: you biased? Do you agree with I'm them, or do you disagree against with them? The astronomers, so... because
1: these are the same dudes mm-hmm. who demoted Pluto. Yeah, I, Pluto demoted I itself. I grew up with Pluto as mm-hmm. not only a dog, yeah. but also the coolest, smallest, darkest, most uninhabitable place in the solar system. Mm-hmm. I thought lots and lots about Pluto. Did you really, I did. Why? Because it's it was like me. It was the odd man out. I was not the popular dude who That's was so chosen to play sports. <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: like year Thank one. You, That's year one level of meanness out of me. I'm yes. just kidding, Robert. You know I have much love okay. for you. That's okay. We love each other. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. not in that way. But Pluto demoted itself, in yeah, my you opinion. you said that. And it's lucky to be a planet for so long, in my opinion. So oh. it was based on a lot of blurry, like they made it a planet based on nothing. Talking like, Pluto. This <laughs> week it Very little information. When they were finally able to get some images out there, they realized, "Mm." God damn it, it's not even (laughs) round. It's not even spherical. It's It's, all misshapen. It's just, it's sort of just like some, it's like spatial detritus in a lot of ways. And I'm sure now we're going to get some letters from the Pluto Lovers fan club. You know, Joel Sapp. Uh, Is he a fan?
1: Well, when I went when I went to Florida mm-hmm. to the first Falcon Heavy launch and met Joel Sapp there, oh, great. he was wearing a bright orange T-shirt. Uh-huh. I pulled up the picture just yeah. so. This is Pluto, never forgotten. Nineteen thirty two thousand six.
0: I look forward to a very long anti wolfson letter
1: from Joel Sapp.
0: <laughs> Sorry, but the Joel. The
1: IAU represents uh-huh. over thirteen thousand astronomers worldwide. That's a lot. And uh, to date, they point out that there are fewer than 200 low Earth orbit satellites, uh-huh. which includes like the Iridium constellation. We watched them launch like 70 some odd satellites, mm-hmm. the Global Star Internet Network. Mm-hmm. But now what's planned is the OneWeb constellation, mm-hmm. the Project Kupler satellite internet by Amazon. Isn't that
0: Kuiper? It's not pronounced Kuiper, K U I P E R.
1: Kuiper. Thank you. I've got to be Mel for a moment. You added
0: an L. I'm not sure where
1: that came from. (laughs) You know, I don't have such good vision. I'm a little
0: dyslexic. All right. I'm sorry, buddy. There's
1: also the Athena Internet Satellite System planned by Facebook, which I'm sure we could
0: all do without. Amazon and Facebook with their own Well, I don't know. Amazon,
1: if they're getting me, you know, my useless plastic... That don't need bulbs <laughs> overnight, wasting tons of carbon on the way. Maybe it'll oh, help. Good lord! Yeah, and then there's of course Starlink with mm-hmm. over twelve thousand satellites, and they they showed a picture in the article yeah. of what a sat what a um, high end telescope saw, mm-hmm. and what we might not see as little tiny dots of light that are yeah. imperceptible to the naked eye. Uh-huh. They had all of these white streaks running across the screen, which totally obscures whatever they're trying to see. And part of the concern is that these telescope networks around the world Mm -hmm. are used to track objects in our solar system Mm -hmm. that move and could potentially strike our planet, like the mega- asteroid that hit the planet and caused the apocalypse. i don't want to know i just don't want to know i listened to that by the way <laughs> your media pick from last week uh-huh it's great and huh? that scared the total poop out of right. me right i don't want to know oh my god just... raining glass pellets heating up the atmosphere yeah. to 700 degrees uh-huh. within two hours mm-hmm. that's like good times I want to see that in a movie. <laughs> I don't. Oh, my God. I don't want to
0: see that, that at all. That was crazy. But, but if, what I really don't want is yeah. a seven-hour or seven-day warning that that's about to happen. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, be... what good could come from that, honestly? <laughs> like, what, what what possible good could come from that? Are we like—
1: Okay, we send an ICBM towards it and knock it out.
0: Okay. In ICBM.
1: And in fact, in this article, they talked about the Hayabusa uh, mm-hmm. project. It was a Japanese launch. Mm-hmm. They sent a spacecraft to this asteroid mm-hmm. and they like drilled into it or exploded on it. And they basically were testing for metals and they're going to bring back some samples. Mm-hmm. But how and I hope they didn't do this. How would blowing up? Uh, nuclear warhead near one of these things that's heading towards Earth. How much could we deflect it, deflect it, and just send it into the sun and burn it up so we don't have to worry about it anymore?
0: Well, it depends on how early you get to it, right? The well, earlier they detect it, this is why they do this, right? The earlier they detect it, then the, the least amount of time or the least amount of force, actual diversion right. it takes to get it off of that... That thing, But there's also unintended consequences because they don't know. What if they send it into something else? What if they send it into the sun and the right. sun's like, excuse me, Ricochet. time out? Uh, no, no, thank you. No, I, I don't, don't think the sun would
1: object. It would just chew it up. And I don't know. spit it out I'm in a solar flare, scientist. which would then take out with an EMF all of our communications. Oh, good Lord. You know, Again, I don't want co- to know. I'm not worried about that. What <laughs> I want to know is, okay. is Starlink, uh-huh. on, on the good side, it's going to bring Internet to all these people and maybe increase the world intelligence quotient? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to screw up our ability to find these satellites or these asteroids and other objects that could hurt us? On the other hand, we're doing a pretty crappy job of knowing where all these satellites are. In fact, they said there was that one in Russia. And I, while I was doing this story, I watched that YouTube mm-hmm. of that uh, big Russian meteorite that came down and blew out windows and hurt right. people. That was cool. Yeah. They said that Not thing— Not really cool, but yeah. Cool. That thing was pretty big.
0: Yeah. But by pretty big, like the size of a basketball big.
1: No. It was like— uh, hundreds of feet across mm-hmm. and burned up completely. Right. But I went to the Jet Propulsion... This is crazy. This is what I, what I hate about this show. you got some problems, I bro. I went to the JPL website, the Solar did. System Dynamics website. Oh, that's fun. Where they list all of these objects. And would you believe that there's one that's up to 330 meters across? That's a 1,000 feet.
0: Mm-hmm. That's big, and where what is it There's currently three football doing? football fields wide? Is it hurtling towards it's us right now? It's hurtling
1: towards us. It will pass at least four million miles from us, which is half the distance to the sun. But that's big enough to cause real hurt. So, if what does we, that
0: mean if it hits us, or yeah, just passing four no, million miles hits us? But it's not going to hit us, right? Well. Not according to this website,
1: <laughs> but this is one they know of. Okay. There are plenty smaller ones that could cause us damage that yeah. they don't know of. In fact, remember the, the big one, Omu-Muma?
0: Yeah, that Omu- one. Umua? Yeah, I remember that Yeah, one.
1: that huge long thing that they said was like uh, a spaceship from Rama, the uh-huh. book. Uh,
0: they didn't see that one until it had already passed us oopsie oopsie again better so, because what happens if we know a week a month 6 months out a bunch of rich folks a no, bunch of scientists a bunch no, of smart people are going to go underground falcon heavy
1: with a big nuclear warhead yeah i don't know this is not technology that's how, in dude, any way how proven long,
0: if it was if it was but if it was going <laughs> to go between us and mars it would take years for us to even intercept the thing and what yeah. if we accidentally send it into Mars? Or accidentally send it into Jupiter? Or if accidentally we sent it into
1: Mars? You know, Elon would be really P.O.'d because
0: he <laughs> wants us to go to Mars. Or accidentally send it into our own moon. Then yeah. what? Yeah
1: and then our moon gets off balance and Terrible. tides are all messed up being human
0: is horrible
1: it's hard it's really hard i, <laughs> I think wish that I, uh, I wish
0: i knew cuz i'm not you know knowledge is dangerous it is it is it's true well but luckily if you listen to this show that's not much of a problem
1: <laughs> <laughs> well the bottom line is is uh-huh. that they strongly recommend all stakeholders in this new and largely unregulated frontier mm-hmm. of space utilization should
0: work collaboratively to their mutual advantage. So, did they recommend that Elon not do this? Uh, essentially, yeah, yeah. How'd that work out? For <laughs>
1: <them>? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this. Yeah, I, I feel didn't like think it's about not this stop. unintended consequence. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, he's smart. Do you want to go to the space station and spend a couple of months? Sure. Are you paying? Well, I I figured that it's going to cost something like uh, fifty. Four million dollars plus snacks oh,
0: wait hold on let me get my wallet out oh wait i don't happen to have that i'm bitching about an eighty thousand dollar solar <laughs> roof and now it's sixty million dollars to go to the space station for a month i don't know Can, what you know what would you eat up there for two months i read uh i would eat nothing because i'd be freaking out i'm on
1: the space station yeah floating Wouldn't around scared Having to sleep, like, essentially sitting up or sitting around?
0: I don't know. I think they just Velcro you to the wall, they right? They just ziplock you in a bag. And Although maybe that would be nice because then you wouldn't have any of those pressure points. Like, when I sleep, sometimes I get, like, pressure on my shoulder and it just hurts when I wake up in the morning. So maybe that would be nice. You know what? I'm in. 60 mil. Yeah. So have 60 good 60 nights of sleep.
1: I read Scott Kelly's book.
0: Mm, I think it was my did. media
1: book. Pick a couple of maybe five shows ago, uh-huh. and uh, it was great. But after reading that, mm-hmm. there's no way in hell I want to go to space. So it's
0: thirty-five thousand dollars. So basically, NASA is opening up the space station. So no problem if you happen to have a way to get to the space station on your own. It's only thirty-five thousand dollars a day, which seems relatively reasonable. Well, would
1: you would you say a day because it goes day
0: to night, day to night, day to night, day to night? It's like I mean I don't get, know how they're factoring it. My guess is they're factoring it based it, on Earth. But day. if you can
1: split it up. Maybe Make, let's make this cheaper it goes like the day lasts 17 minutes something uh-huh. like that so you probably get like i don't know 40 days a day or more i think and you so may have how many dollars a night how this whole thing is how working? many dollars a night this is really it's only like 1200 dollars a night
0: oh so it's like saying it to four seasons <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure you're very, very familiar with.
1: Uh, once or twice. Yeah, So exactly. Robert Bigelow, the guy uh-huh. who made the beam, that's the Bigelow blow-up space module that's now sitting on the International Space Station. It seems to be working well. Nice. They're using it for storage.
0: That's what I would use it for.
1: He wants to put more of these things in space, uh-huh. and he's already booked flights on Falcon 9 mm-hmm. to go to the space station for dedicated uh-huh. launches each one carrying up to four people mm-hmm. for a duration of one to two months on the ISS. Mm-hmm. He announced this hours after the uh, NASA announced that the space station could host up to two visits uh-huh. by commercial astronauts per year, uh-huh. each with multiple passengers on board. Flights will begin once the SpaceX rocket and capsule capsule. Isn't that how Herbert would say?
0: Capsule. capsule, capsule, capsule are
1: certified by NASA to fly people to oh. the ISS. Okay, it's fifty-two mil for a seat on the Falcon Nine. Mm-hmm. It's thirty-five thousand a day. But now or it's down night. to twelve
0: hundred, right? Because you get so many days every day. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I wonder how much they would sell a spacewalk You're for. Insane. How much would a spacewalk cost?
0: I'm not going out in space, so it doesn't matter. Like it's an add-on spacewalk. It's walk, an add-on, add-on. exactly yeah. like a
1: zip line when you go to the resort. Okay, in, can, can uh, I the say forest. something?
0: If you're listening to the show right now, yeah. and you, in any way, shape, or form, are considering this for part of your life, you
1: better be a Patreon. Right? <laughs> you better be the Patreon.
0: Seriously, you're the thousand dollar a month Patreon. Because you've got sixty million to spend on a two month spacecation, yeah. Please help a brother out, as it were. Well yeah. Just join Patreon for a huge amount and uh-huh. we will talk with you before every show. How about this? And put
1: you on Talking
0: Castle. We'll we have to have space my corner. Spot. You can have my spot. <laughs> this is how this will work. You give me Uh, you make one thirty million dollar Patreon donation. I am fully retired. I am out. (laughs) There is no more of this. I will live the the monk life on a beach somewhere. I will I will go to one place. I will buy nothing but mangoes. Why would they give you thirty million dollars? I don't because they're gonna spend sixty million to go to space. Just make a thirty million dollar Patreon donation, and you can have my spot. And it could be uh, it could be Robert and Mel and whoever the hell you are. It's like somebody buying
1: the like the, yeah. the Rosenblum designated chair of neurology Whatever. at the University of Talking Tesla. Whatever
0: it is, I'm out. That's crazy. That's all I need is one guy who's willing to spend sixty million to go to the space station to go, you know what, Tom? You're funny. I like you. Enjoy the rest of your life. Do you have a media pick? Uh Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shall I go with mine And then you think
1: about yours You can go with yours All right. So this is something That is a must read Oh good God In fact Mm -hmm. I thought That if we want to affect The climate And the Mm -hmm. planet For the benefit Of humankind And Mm -hmm. animal kind And everyone's kind This book should be required In every high school Okay It's called The Uninhabitable Earth By David Wallace Wells Mm Mm-hmm And I'm not sure how I got to this book. I think it was mentioned in another book I was reading. Mm-hmm. This book is reality in your face. The first half of the book is so <sighs> challenging, so difficult to hear this continuous expose of the science and the reality of climate change affecting us in Always. Not only temperature, not only the Arctic, not only glaciers, not only sea level, not only temperature, not only sea life, including public health. It's just unbelievable. It is a very hard pill to swallow,
0: Downer, but it is very well written. It's a nice downer bookend for the show.
1: No, it's so well written. Okay. It's so well written. There, There is hope. There is hope. But the problem is that this book presents us with an urgency. Mm hmm. To do something,
0: which is that, Get what, what is the your something?
1: Ass and do more. Okay, more. It's just unbelievable. So I actually took some of the inspiration from this book, and I was uh, asked to give sort of the invocation for a medical meeting, and I I use this as my jumping off point. And you know what happened?
0: Did you record it? No, I
1: like to see it. And this is what happened mm-hmm. when I walked outside the meeting. Yeah, back to my car, which was plugged in uh-huh. at this plug in at the hospital Mm -hmm. two other people followed me Mm -hmm. and we talked about electric cars nice one of them said he's going to get an electric car good job buddy it made a bit of a difference Good work. this book the uninhabitable earth by david wallace wells it's a recent book it just came out he even talks about the wildfires in southern california just last year it's very up to date it and and interesting point Mm -hmm. if you get to about 60 percent through the book yeah he congratulates you oh. for having tolerated mm. the book so far. That's cool. And all of the difficult-to-swallow facts and figures and says, it's great that you made it this far. So when you say— I, I congratulate so you. So when
0: you say difficult to swallow, do you mean like difficult to understand or no. just difficult to sort of realize how bad things are getting? Yes. Ooh.
1: It's like swallowing a very big pill, like the size of a microwave oven.
0: All right. So my media pick is an older media pick. It's a 2018 movie that I just watched because I... Don't really go to theaters very often I watched On the Basis of Sex Which is sort of the early Life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg And how her sort of Push as one of the first women In Harvard and her life there In Harvard Law School And sort of her sort of push for Equality and it's really well Done and there's a great ending And an excellent monologue and it Just makes you think about how much Progress we've made in that Realm of equality in the last last 40 or 50 years, how much and and what that means to the fact that we can change. Well, I think and do the right thing. I think people will most likely pick
1: your media pick because it has an upbeat, positive quality to it. Yeah. As opposed to. Because after listening to this show, they, you know, just want to slit your wrists.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to to understand. Like, it does feel like a little bit of a downer, but we are generally optimistic. And the reason that we talk about this stuff is because we think it's important for more and more people to disseminate, to understand, to listen, to hear this information. And maybe they don't want to spend all that time and they only want to spend two hours driving around listening to us bullshit about it. But again, we think it's important. Yes. We think that they're... We can make change. We just need to really start to ramp it up. And all of you are hopefully part of that. Well done, Robert, on your invocation and getting another person to buy an electric car. You know, the the fact that in the four years that we've had this show, we've all gotten a lot of referrals, which means maybe we've talked 20 people potentially right. overall into buying electric cars. Right. We've had an impact, not a huge impact, but we're, we're trying, we're doing something. And you can all, if you're listening to this, Do the same. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you with a third, very short, very lovely Australian man the next time. Yeah, he'll tell us all
1: about his travels. Ah, All carbon offset, of course. All carbon offset. Good to see you. All
0: right, buddy. Have a good one. We're out. Bye-bye.